Faith and Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Roberts, and welcome back for the 17th Sunday after Pentecost for the week of October 6th, 2019. And I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig into this week's podcast. And I am excited that you're here even as the temperature continues to drop here in northern Minnesota. And we have the realization that winter might be coming much faster than we originally anticipated. But that's still a positive thing. It's still something that we get to see the glorious beauty of God as this world that he's created gets to see four seasons. And sometimes, even when we don't necessarily want it, we get to see that part of God. And it's beautiful. It's wonderful. One of the other things that I'm really excited about and I have not checked out yet is season two of God Friend of Me is back on CBS. It started last Sunday. So I'm looking forward to checking it out this Sunday along with catching up on last week. So if you haven't checked out God Friended Me, I'd highly recommend it having watched last season. And I would argue it's one of the best shows on television period right now that really brings up a lot of discussion with faith and how does faith work in the 21st century and how does faith work with people who maybe don't believe? How does that all twine together? So I'd highly recommend checking that out. But I have to do my shameless plug also this week for Working Preacher. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Between their Sermon Brainwaves podcast, their commentaries, their discussions, recently adding Joy J. Moore to this awesome lineup of Matt Skinner, Ralph Jacobson, and Caroline Lewis has made it a very in-depth podcast. And being able to listen to four seminary professors from Luther Seminary helps give me as an unordained layperson some direction to give you guys on a week-to-week basis to be able to bring you this podcast. So I'd highly recommend checking out workingpreacher.org if you have not checked that out. Finally, before we get into this week, I asked the Twitter question last week of reflecting on what is truly valuable to you. And I got some interesting responses, one being thinking about children and just children in general providing life to people and the power that kids have in the midst of a lot of things going on, the light that they can bring forth. But there was also something that was brought up kind of listening to the last couple weeks and thinking about it and putting forth the value of ethics. And I think that's a great point to kind of be looking at when we've looked at the last two weeks being real heavy. This week, I'm hoping to have a little bit lighter, but thinking of the ethics of what does it mean if we are the rich man? What does it mean if we're the landowner? And that how do we grapple with these things? How do we figure out how to maximize the benefit of what has been given to us? Not only to benefit ourselves, but moreover to benefit God, the creation, and everyone around us. And it's something that we've brought up in the past before. It's one of the things that when I was privileged to listen to Bill Gates in college, was one of the things that he brought up, is being able to look at his wealth as a tool, as something that can be utilized to help the human impact, and was trying to work with his wife to figure out what's the biggest impact that they can have on humankind. And I think it's one of those things that we don't think about often enough in that way. 
But like we discussed last week, we are the rich man. And so then how are we going to be able to benefit using the ethics that is laid out at times in front of us in Scripture to benefit not us, but the we, the collective we around us? It's a really positive and powerful thing to think about. So let's dive into this week. I think there's some interesting things to consider, to think about. But I think this is also, I would say there's ways that this can be a very difficult text. But I also would say that when you're looking at the text as a whole, like I typically try doing, there is definitely a common thread this week that pulls between them that really helps, I think, kind of unravel some of the difficult things that can be in here, the kind of the stepping stones that can be a difficult point, but we'll get into that. The gospel text this week is out of Luke chapter 17 verses 5 through 10. And it's kind of an interesting thing because the NRSV, as these readings that I typically look at, it's just kind of sayings of Jesus. So it's very broad. And we get a couple things thrown at us here. You have the apostles saying, increase our faith. And we get this analogy of the mustard seed and a mulberry tree, which I looked into a little bit of the depth of that. And I think there is something there and I'll attach some links down below. Mustard seeds, again, are extremely small, but mustard plants, if given the opportunity to grow, become a very common plant, but can become quite large. Whereas a mulberry tree, the special thing with a mulberry tree is that's where silk can come from. Because if you have the silkworms, they will eat off a mulberry tree. So being able to move it and put it into the sea, I think there is kind of an image that I can pick up here out of that of God working with the common and not necessarily looking for the super unique, the super wealthy, the super special, if you want to put it that way, and that's probably not the right word. He's looking for the generalists being able to be planted in a place so that they can really grow and flourish. And I think it's a simple reminder how God is able to work with any of us. It doesn't matter who we are as long as we give him the time to be able to plant us in a good spot to be able to give us the sun and the water that we need to grow and to be this plant and who God has called us to be. So especially when you're talking about increase our faith, I think there's a point there that increasing our faith, like what was talked about this week in Sermon Brainwaves, is probably the wrong question. But I think there's a point where God isn't saying, I just need you to have faith. The faith, the size of a mustard seed that, yes, you may not look like you're something amazingly special, but to me that you are and I'm willing to work with you and make you something that's spectacular. He gets into then also, and again, this is kind of the warning with the second half of the scripture, using slaves. And I would say if you want to put it, spin on it this way, slave carries a lot of baggage. The word slave, especially in the United States, but just even worldwide, because there's so many slack slaves that are still around in the world today, and that there's also just so many people who are in slavery. And it's not that far back here in the United States that we were having that issue going on. 
So I feel like when you're reading through this text and where Jesus is calling upon this person to prepare a meal and are we thanking them and are we essentially commending them for doing what they're supposed to be doing, I look at this much more like a boss to an employee type of relationship is kind of what God and Jesus almost seems to be working with here in this text. And so I would almost phrase it on that way of where a boss tells you something to do and that you are commended upon doing it. And that's where when we look in faith, if we're able to listen to what God is telling us to do, we are commended if we are listening for it. And I think that's one of the things that is very easily missed. The first reading this week is from Habakkuk chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, and chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And I think if you're going to preach on this, having listened to a couple sermon brainwaves, there's only three chapters in the book of Habakkuk, and I would argue kind of preach the whole thing. It's Habakkuk essentially stating as a prophet to God, why do the people who are evil, who make us suffer, prosper and waiting for the response from God. And the real response from God kind of comes at the end of chapter three, talking about how it's through the faith that God is working through us that we praise God even when things aren't looking good, even when the barns are empty and the fields are barren, that we're still praising God. We're giving thanks to him for what he still has provided. The faith that we need to be able to move forward. The alternative first reading this week is from Lamentations chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. This, again, kind of plays upon that same similar chord of lamenting or looking at the suffering that has happened. And in this case, considering and looking at how The people of the Lord have made many transgressions against the Lord and what that has done, how that separated them from the goals and the aspirations on where God is trying to steer them and trying to move them and being able to see that the pain that they've gone through is because of the mistakes, the wrong paths, the not listening to the guidance that God is trying to convey to them. The psalm this week is from Psalm 37, verses 1 through 9. And this is a beautiful psalm kind of coming after what we heard in Habakkuk or the alternative first reading there in Lamentations. Starting right away in verse 1, do not fret because of the wicked, do not be envious of wrongdoers. And essentially stating that because you are with God, that will pass away, that the Lord will continue to provide and give you that stillness that you are looking for, but you have to lean into that relationship. You have to be able to look beyond and trust that God has the bigger vision and your vision is temporary. Very similar to what we've talked about with some things the last couple of weeks, that God's having this much bigger focus, the long-term view, and at times we can get so caught up in the short-term view, it makes us miss the longer and far-reaching goals of what God has. The second reading is from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1-14. through 14. 
And again, now here we have Paul writing back to Timothy and we, we continue this few weeks here of letters to Timothy. And I think it's really interesting this week, Paul referencing his faith line, that how the faith was first found in his grandmother Lois and his mother Eugene, and now it lives in him. That this faith is something that isn't just fleeting, it's something that continues to build and continues to work through generations. And that, yes, there's a lot of self-discipline and difficult things that you have to go through in the faith, but to not be ashamed of that, to use that block to be able to help move forward the gospel, using it as a platform to be able to see God work in the world. I'm going to start here in verse 11. For this gospel I was appointed a heralded and apostle and a teacher. And for this reason I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know the one in whom I have put my trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard until that day when I have entrusted to him. This idea of holding fast to what God has promised to us, that he will not let us go. A lot of depth there, a lot of material to really dig into. And when I've listened to this and thought about this over the week, the image that I keep coming back to is, I think, a very easy image for us to understand. And it's the image between a parent and a child. And we see this all over the place in our own lives, but also in nature itself. And I'll attach a video down below that I highly recommend checking out that I saw this last week. And it's this grizzly bear who is a mother who has climbed to the top of this ridge, this snow-capped ridge. And there's this young cub trying to climb up behind. And it's having issues figuring out where to grab on, where are the spots to be able to have a secure footing. And multiple times, it's looking like it's getting toward the top. And you're thinking, oh, it's just a few more steps and then it slides down. A few more steps and it slides down. few more steps and it has this massive slide down. Has to be what it looks to be at least 100, 150, 200 feet. It's totally now on a different track than where mom had gone up. But the young child bear doesn't become defeated. It uses that as, well, maybe there's a new route here that I can carve. And at the end of the video, you see that the bear has found this new path to be able to catch up with mom as they run off to wherever they're going next. The mother patiently waiting for this child bear to get to where she's at. As I think about that image, I think of what these texts are talking about. When we're asking to increase our faith, I don't feel like that's what God really wants us to do. I think God wants us to just understand our faith. And as times when we're trying to climb up that mountain to get closer to God, we understand that there's times where we stumble, we slip, there's things that get in the way that make it difficult, and at times it means that we have to fall down a long way. 
And it's not like the Lord abandons us at the top of that hill. It's standing there looking. And that's actually one of the cool things with that video is as the child bear gets closer to the top before it has the major slip down, the mother bear reaches out her paw a couple times to see if the bear can grab it to come up. And I can see that with God in this text of you guys just don't get it. I'm reaching my hand here to bring you along, but you're wanting this deeper faith that I'm not looking for. I'm looking for you just to use your faith. We look at Habakkuk and how he's crying to God, trying to understand why are you letting things prosper and not getting initially in chapter 2 and the end of chapter 1 the response that he wants. In fact, he gets told that another army is going to invade the people. Not what he is looking for. But God then ex- telling him, I have this longer view. You just have to trust, which sadly isn't in the text this week. And again, I'd highly recommend spending that time to really go through all three chapters if you can and see if there's a way, if you are preaching that, to bring that into your text. Lamentations, the alternative first reading this week, how we can get so caught up in what we're doing and just feel discouraged. When we're sitting there and seeing the full picture of both bears as you have the one on the top of the ridge and this other bear trying to get there, we can only imagine what that young bear is feeling like. But yet you still see the determination of that bear. And that's the beautiful thing you kind of still see in Lamentations is we're lamenting, we're thinking about all these things, we are in pain, but we're still crying out to God. And then we see between the psalm and 2 Timothy that God is not giving up. We have to continue to have that faith that God is still working. And we know he's working. We know he's working. But we have to have the faith to realize that. It's not that we're trying to get a deeper faith. It's trying to have this faith that's active and moving and understanding and using it to know that God is still working in whatever we're doing. When I think about it, and like I said, I think of it as this parent-child relationship. Because when we think about any animal as a young baby is so dependent, so dependent on that parent. It needs it for nutrition. It needs it for everything. And as it grows, it thinks, the child thinks it doesn't need mom, but yet it still comes running home to mom or cries to mom when things get difficult. And we've seen this all over the place, not even just in humans, but in wolves to possums to birds, that attachment. And I think that's more what God is hinting at here is the attachment that we need to be having with God. God doesn't want the flashy tree. He wants the common tree that's going to just prosper if given the right opportunity and is willing to work with the conditions that he gives them and let's go. Let's do work. I have plans for you. He wants the willing person who is willing to go and just do and understand that God will thank them. 
in some form, in some way. And it doesn't necessarily mean monetary gain. It doesn't necessarily mean this prosperous thing. The thanking may come in something totally different that's way more satisfying. And maybe we don't see it. And that's where, again, I think the Habakkuk reading this week is so beautiful to help us remember that the sight of what God is working with is not this short-term, one-lifetime thing. It's much bigger. And we get reminded of that in 2 Timothy, that when he is working through these faith lines, he has plans for these faith lines. He's looking at the broad picture. And sometimes we look at just the short picture. Often the next few years in our life, much less our life goals compared to where God's looking at a life family line life goals, much bigger, much broader. And to do that, there's times where God is standing at the top of the ridge, putting down its paw, trying to help us get up but realizing it can't come down to help even as much as it wants to that we have to figure it out. But we, as we're climbing up that mountain, have to have the faith to know that God is standing on top of that ridge, wanting us to be there, and is reaching out the paw, trying to help. We have to be willing to accept the help. We have to be willing to accept that when we fall to get back up to move forward, that there are other plans and other things, and God understands at times what we're going through is difficult. And part of the difficulty with it is that we don't have the vision that God does. We don't see the same things he does. That makes it difficult. Nowhere in scripture that I have found does it ever say that faith is easy. And it's one of the things that makes this such a hard, lifelong journey. But isn't that part of what makes this enjoyable in the same regard? That when we're pushing forward and trying to figure out where God is leading us next, that we end up figuring out and understanding more of who the Creator is that we are trying to pursue. We aren't looking to increase the faith. We are looking for a reason to use our faith more, to rely on it at a deeper level, and to understand that because of that faith, that God is trying to work with us to make us prosper with what his plan is. And that's sometimes hard for us to swallow. So the Twitter question this week will be, how can you use your faith more? How can you use your faith more in your day-to-day life? Where are places that you can use your faith more? Because isn't that helping us pursue and chase after and understand the God and who we love and treasure? Is that not then what Habakkuk was doing when he is trying to chase after the heart of why God are you doing this? Why are we trying to go through this? And sometimes it's just being able to sit outside of ourselves and see that nature itself goes through these same questions. But the beautiful thing that I see with nature is it doesn't give up. We as a human species at times, we can have great human will to be able to push through things. And there are times where we understand that we need to be able to ask for help. 
but one of the other faults that we have is that it's easy for us to give up and be distracted. The prayer that I have for us this week is as we reflect and as we figure out how we can use our faith more in our daily lives, that we see the places where we want to give up and trust that God is there at the top of the hill, egging us on, trying to help, but realizing that we need to do the work ourselves. I just pray that when we're sitting there and looking at that, that we know that we have to keep moving forward. And we have to keep going because there is a reason for what is this challenge is providing us. And that once we get to the top of that ridge, that God will bring us to the next place and where he wants us. So, we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.